You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and it's election night. This is the song of the campaign. It just takes time. Welcome to America. If you're dutiful, then democracy is a good guy with a gun. I'm with her, I am, Fushing Park. Joining us today are the usual <laughs> silk robes, including Kevin, it just takes time, Jager. That was great. That was well played. Kimberly, our happy enough game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. <laughs> And with us today is someone you may have seen in things like Here Lies Love, Rock School of Rock, uh, and Soft Power, among other amazing work. Let's give a big, broad, wasted welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the show! Friend of the show! show. Of the show. Makapuga! Hey. Y'all ready for this? So, so I, um, when you look at your, so I, I looked you up on like interviews and things like that. And did you know that no one says your full name in interviews? Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, what's funny. I, you're brilliant because I saw your commitment to it. And usually I see people like pause. Well, it's even happened during like a television interview where I was about to perform and he like had a mini stroke in the middle. He's JG Maka, 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 Maka. And I was like, and then I just helped him out. It's, it's Maka Poo guy. (laughs) I wrote it like, you had your own, you had your own Adele Nazim moment. (laughs) I mean, every time I'm interviewed, it feels like an Adele Nazim moment. <laughs> On that note, what are you drinking? What are you, what are you drinking? drinking? I'm excited to tell you about my drink because I, I prepared all of it because I, I got this new microphone that Ray Lee told me about. So mm-hmm. I, I thought I would Broadway's Ray Lee of Groundhog Day. But anyway, I'm just going to show all of the 
all of you my drinks. I'm gonna put in an ASR moment of putting ice. Ooh. That's nice. That's that's nice. The ice is nice, is what I'm I I'm gonna think. use this for the next radio play. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna put in some seltzer. Oh. Looking right. And then I'm gonna put in some pomegranate juice. Ah. And then I've got my little stir. That's very pleasing. This is it very is. Satisfying. Is it very pleasing? I, I was going to put in some Grey Goose, but I just got a last-minute self-tape from my agent, so I don't want to have the Asian flush of alcohol <laughs> on my sure. face. Although I really would have wanted to have a drink with all of you. I really, really wanted to. So show business uh, we- has... No! <laughs> yeah. we'd, we'd rather you book something than drink Me with too, us. honey. Yeah. It's been a minute. Don't worry. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that what today's going to be about? Cheers the sadness of oh, a no. career fallen during COVID. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers to all of you. Kimberly, what are you drinking, babe? Mm. My new springtime concoction. I muddled some strawberries and blueberries at the bottom of my glass. Fancy. And then it's a gin and tonic. So the different, but different, but the same. (laughs) I like that. That's really, I'm all about that. Like, do you just, do you just, did you have a muddler or did you just use like a big flat thing and smack it? I have a muddler that used to be at the Broad Wasted Office Bar. Oh. That I made that I was like, I need to get a muddler. It was for someone. We needed it. And so I bought one and then I took it home. Remember when we had a muddler, but we didn't have a wine corkscrew? That and, was that was a day. And because I thought of this today because I was watching uh, Broadway. There was like a video that was circulated on Instagram that was from like when Patti Lapone and uh, Francis Raffel and Carrie Hope Fletcher and um, it was like people from Les Mis were all doing like a Les Mis like uh, an eponym slash like Fontaine like thing together in the West End. Sure. It was like okay. this little song. And um, all I could think of while I looked at that video was I'm so embarrassed that Francis Raffel brought us a bottle of wine and we didn't have a corkscrew to open it with her. <laughs> and like, I'll literally never forget that. But we could have muddled it. <laughs> we could have muddled the wine, but we didn't have a corkscrew. It's going to bother me like why we needed that. Why we I needed the muddler? I have, so I'm drinking uh, like American yeah. sparkling wine. It's a Gruet. It's from uh, New Mexico, I think. Mm. I don't know. It's really sweet and delicious, and I love it. Um, and I'm drinking black cherry seltzer with tequila inside of it. Oh, um, sounds so good. Pretend there's Grey Goose in that drink. Like, pour an extra splash of seltzer for the sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's I'm going to put in another, like... Just ice and things. Just, <laughs> just, I want, I want that to be vodka ice. <laughs> All right. So, um, so JG, what's your favorite musical? Ooh, okay. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, three musicals come to mind. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's talk about it. I don't. Yeah. Um, growing up, I always wanted to be Liesl, 16 going on 17. So Sound of Music, the movie, is one of my favorites. And I've actually never seen a production of it, but the movie musical is something that always spoke to me. And I, what's funny is now I don't even think about Liesl. I want to be Maria Von Trapp. Oh, yeah. Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. Um, 
The next musical that comes to mind is, and we'll probably talk about it later, is Here Lies Love because sure. it was my dream musical. And I've had this dream of a Filipino-American story that comes to Broadway that really has nothing to do with it being Filipino except that it made it to Broadway. It's like just my big dream, um, even though that musical is about the first lady of the Philippines. But, you know, that's just a formality. That's just and, for setting purposes. Yeah, you know, we need to have a setting, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, I still, gosh, Hamilton still has its rotation um, while I'm working out, cleaning the house. And I watched the production on on uh, Disney Plus a couple times since it's come out. I just, I freaking love that show so much. Do you see yourself more as an Angelica or an Eliza? Oh, you know, I, it depends on the day. you know um i think i read a lot more of an angelica now but i i love the plight and and the story of uh of i was gonna say of philippa sue (laughs) i really love philippa's art in the story yeah and i like her (laughs) that's amazing absolutely um is there i mean let's let's just go right into here lies love um i saw here lies love did either of you I no. didn't. It was one of my favorite theater experiences ever. Oh, I love hearing that, Kimberly. So, were you on the dance floor or were you in the gallery? Yes. I was in the dance floor and then they like move you around. It was also one of the first immer- like truly immersive shows I ever saw where like they were really moving you around. And then by the time everyone sits down at the end, I was in the front row. Ooh, and that's I was just great. Like, and I was separated from my friends it was so cool. So for yeah. those of for the listeners and, and and Kevin and I who did not see it, can you explain a little bit about not about not only about the content of the show, but like the the experience of seeing that show? Yeah, I mean, if I, I, I as I said before, I really do hope it comes back. But um, you know, here lies love is a ninety minute immersive disco pop musical. They've even called it like a, a poperetta because it's sung through. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's written by uh, David Byrne um, and and Fat Boy Slim. And when you walk in to the theater. It's actually not a three theater. Kimberly knows this. It's a yep. full-on dance club. We call it Club Millennium. And for 90 minutes, we tell you the story of the controversial um, former first lady of the Philippines, Imelda Marcos. And you are complicit with the whole storyline as we take you through her story from a young girl to when she becomes the leader of the Philippines to when they're overtaken by the people power revolution at the end and where like at the end where Kimberly's sitting in the front row Mm -hmm. um, somehow magically there are seats that arrive for some of the lucky few and you get serenaded by Kelvin Moon Lowe by the end of the production Um, that's when we did it with a guitar acapella like but it's been a disco concert basically for 90 minutes leading up to that. So total spoiler alert, but it really is an incredible like roller coaster of a ride. And and it's just been one of the most thrilling things that I've ever done. Cool. That's incredible. Yeah. Were there any like insane audience moments? Because I oh, imagine yeah. 
shows like that, like people that didn't move, people that were oh, like, there are, yeah, dancing. there are those moments that, you know, because we're this, you've got different, the stages all around you. And there's even one stage in the middle that we call the blender that would rotate where audience members were on either side of the blender. So we'd ask you to move along with where the direction of that stage was moving. And sometimes people didn't want to. Sometimes it was a little hot in the theater because we were at the public theater the first year. Sometimes it was a little, the, the air conditioning in the summertime was really tough. So people fainted. We always had like a couple fainters uh, early on. They, they worked out the kinks um, later it's on. It's a hot concert. It's a, it's, it is. You're like at a club. And at one point, like you're like literally douche, 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 <laughs> like dancing with Imelda Marcos and her women, her blue ladies behind her dancing. Um, so yeah, you never knew what kind of show we would have. One time the, um, fire alarm went off, so everyone had to go Damn. out into the street. No. Um, yeah. But I, I think my favorite, <laughs> most horrifying story was when Steven Sondheim came to the show and, um, I was a swing when the show first came out and then I, I took over for the lead of Imelda Marcos later on. And one of those early shows was when Steven Sondheim was in the audience and you've got the choice of being on the dance club as like a dance a party goer in the show or you can be in the gallery and Steven Sondheim was in the gallery um so he didn't want to dance he you know he decided to sit it out (laughs) 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 um So what happened was, uh, as Imelda Marcos, I'm singing this song called Star and Slave, where I'm, I'm looking at everyone individually, um, saying how much I draw my energy. Imelda's basically, Imelda Marcos in our show kind of feels like a Filipino Evita. So mm-hmm. she's, she's talking to um, individual people in the audience. Kimberly, I could have very well like, talked to you and yeah. like, like t- telling you how appreciative I am because you give me strength. You give me power, which is why I've taken all of your money but you know we didn't talk about that (laughs) but and at at one point I'm on the stage it's like there's one stage it's more of a proscenium stage proscenium style Mm -hmm. and I go down these stairs and at the time you know sometimes you're wearing heels in a show that you wear eight shows a week and it stretches out my foot came out of the heel and I fell down the stairs. I fell down like the last three stairs. And, and I knew that was the show where Steven was in the audience. <laughs> so what did I do? I get up and there was a person that was right there that gave me their hand and I grabbed their hand and I'm, you know, I know this is a podcast, but I look at them and give them the look. Thank you. <laughs> and it was one of those like moments where they gave me strength and I used it in the moment and I'm sure Steven's like that woman's incredible she falls down gets back up and keeps going with the show he was like Bernadette who <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's so amazing now because it was such an immersive show is like that your first experience with like that kind of storytelling like is your background much more like like what was your training like coming up to that so were you used to these kind of immersive artistic pieces or were you more used to like very classic theater well sometimes I feel like someone's gonna come into 
like my apartment or whatever I'm in the next like rehearsal um, situation that I'm in they're like you are an imposter you're a you're a liar why are you here because yes it was my first time doing immersive theater it was my first time in at the public theater the legendary mm. public theater where like chorus line started and Hamilton later started um you know I just I feel like such a faker in this business because my degree is in advertising. I, I went to school at the University of Illinois and I got a degree in advertising and I worked at an, as a media planner for almost three years before I auditioned for Disney World on my day off. And like, oh, okay, I, we, we, we're going to have to break that. But you know what? <laughs> Stop. Okay, you answered the question. You had never done the immersive. Great. Okay, let's talk about... Let's talk so about you were, that. You, were, you, were, you got a degree in advertising. You're working as yeah. a media planner. You have a day off and you see an audition for Disney World and you're like, yeah, let's try that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm kind of like giving you like the 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 Disney. Huh, I see what I just did there. Like the Disney <laughs> version of my, my story. But like, so, you know, ever you, you feel like have you ever had an experience of like going down one direction in your career and realizing that this is not what I want and this is not where I want to be? Yeah, and sure. Yeah, I always knew that I wanted to perform, but nobody in That's my family. That's how I feel did. right now about Broad Wasted. Guys, I got to leave. Damn, <laughs> Kevin, that, <laughs> literally, <laughs> that was going to be my joke, but I stopped myself. So I'm so happy that you did it. I'm trying to do sound effects. And no, I appreciate This is great. She's keeping with the jock jams theme. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So back to you as the media planner. <laughs> yeah, I was super depressed. I was, I was, they were starting to train me to be a media supervisor. And like, I wasn't even in the exciting part of advertising where I was like creating the, the campaigns. Like I was mm -hmm. the number crunching person that was studying demographics and mm -hmm. like, and like, and doing such a bad job of it, but because I'm friendly and I know how to work in a team, they're like, let's train her to be a supervisor. Sure. <laughs> like, I would miss zeros in presentations where I'd have to do, like, a PowerPoint presentation, and I'd create this whole thing, and I'd forget to put a zero in a budget presentation. So, <laughs> and they're like, it's okay, JG, you can just fix it. And I'm like, what yeah. is wrong with you people? <laughs> Amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. So like I was super, super duper depressed and, and my best friends were like, you need to do something. And I started doing community theater in my mm -hmm. in the suburbs of Chicago where I'm from. And doing those community theater productions, I started building a portfolio of sort of music because I did. I was a swing in Little Shop of Horrors at the cool. Palatine Music on stage <laughs> and then like doing current classics and concert. And so I, I that Disney was having um, their auditions across the country and they auditioned at the Chicago um, Hubbard Street Dance Company at the time. And I, I went in there and I had you know, a picture of me. It wasn't even a headshot. It was so, someone who took a picture of me and I was wearing like a gray sweater from Express. Other people were like stretching in the hallway for like the dance call, but I, I was singing my Take Me or Leave Me from Rent. Yes. <laughs> my audition song was. You take Rent for Disney World? I'm so <laughs> and this everything awesome. happens for a reason, right? Because what they were looking for at the time was replacements for Tarzan Rocks, a rock concert in the wild Ooh. at the Animal Kingdom, which had just opened. 
So they hired me. They yeah. they offered me a job the next day and asked me to wow. move move to Orlando, Florida. <laughs> and I was and they, there for five years. Wow. No, oh. ah, that was. I, I, I'm from Florida. I have a lot of friends who worked at, at the park there, and like like they take care of you. Like it's a it's a good gig. It's a fantastic gig. The thing about Disney is you can call it a landing pad or a launching pad for your career. You can mm. you can get your equity card at Disney World and then get your experience and go, which is what I ended up doing. Or you can land there. You can have a house. People that my friends that worked there, you know, had a house and had great school systems and kids. And it was wonderful. But ah. I knew it was time for me to leave there after five years. <laughs> So did yeah. you come? Did you come straight to New York, or in the start auditioning? I did. I did. I had. Okay, so when I was working at Disney World, one my first one of my first friends there was a woman that you may know, Montego Glover. Sure. <laughs> she, she was. Um, she is still one of my best friends, and she moved to New York after leaving Disney, and so mm-hmm. I sublet her apartment when I first moved to New York because she was doing Aida at North Shore or somewhere. So I I stayed at her place. And uh, I have to, my first roommate, because her roommate at the time was Jesse Tyler Ferguson. So (laughs) my first roommate in New York City was Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Holy crap. (laughs) What an introduction. (laughs) Yeah. But he wasn't, he wasn't Jesse yet. Like Mm -hmm. I still, and like I I didn't value it at the time because I didn't know anything about the business and coming to New York. All I had was my, was my experience at Disney World. And I can remember him coming home one day and I was just like, why, what's wrong with you? And he's just like, well, um... I, I just got off the phone with this uh, director, Mike Nichols, and uh, I'm like, oh, it sounds like it was a hard call. He's like, well, I just uh, I just turned down a show that I was offered, and and I was offered um, a show that's coming to Broadway called Spamalot, and I turned it down because I, I have another uh, show that was written for me. Uh, it's called Putnam County Spelling Bee, and I was like, Oh, yeah, okay. So you, you turned down a gig. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I just turned, I mean, it's just hard. And I told him, Mr. Nichols, your show's going to be a hit. But I, I, this other show was written for me with me in mind. So um, I, I have to accept this job. And so like later on, you this, this story, this is like the legend of, of Putnam County Spelling Bee and Spamlot, right. which are both hits, but I didn't know at the time. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. a weird title for a show. <laughs> <laughs> you felt like the decisions are being made in your apartment and you're just like, that sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, that um, is so amazing. So, so f- let's flash back before all of this. Um, growing, mm. you said you grew up outside of Chicago. Yeah. Um, did you, did you go into Chicago and see shows? Did was you, you mentioned Sound of Music, where is it more about the movie musical that got you into it? Kind of what was the first thing that introduced you, but like, what made you say that like, maybe one day I'll do this? Oh yeah. Um, when I was a kid, my mom took me to, uh, I, I don't know if it was the national tour or it might've even been a dinner theater production. I didn't know at the time the difference, but uh, she took me to see a production of the chorus line, a chorus mm. line, and I never saw a musical before. And I saw these brilliant 
people that were singing and dancing and wearing gold and they were dancing in the aisles and and I my mom even told me she's like she said she saw me sitting like at the edge of my seat and like my jaw was dropped open and it was something that I, I it had changed some kind of chemistry within me mm. and not that I even did anything with it or performed I, I really didn't start much later like until high school but but I knew that there was something really magical about that experience. Mm -hmm. And I kind of put it all away up until, again, going back to my advertising days where we would get paid to take our clients out on these junkets to go to Broadway shows. And I, would, I brought a client with me to see the first national tour of uh, Miss Saigon. And that's when I saw a bunch of... Broadway Asians, that's the mm -hmm. term that I've created for, yeah. for the, the, our, our family here. But I, I saw these people that were brilliant and voices that were fantastic and soaring. And I was like, it started, I'm like, is it possible for me to pursue something like this? And I didn't answer that call again for much later, but I, mm -hmm. I knew that that had also stirred something up in me. And and later on, I took that chance. That's so cool. that's so fascinating. Like just the, <laughs> like you came from like and like watching that, and then like you're the lead in an off Broadway show at the Public Theater. Like, <laughs> like what I is mean, that? yeah, it's a it's a definitely a, a pinch me open pinch me <laughs> open. Same. I was born and raised here, but I, sometimes I'm still like my mom. You know, I was pinch me open. That's not how you say it, mom. And I'm like born and raised in America. <laughs> trying to say pinch me a pinch me moment not pinch, pinch me, me moment huh? <laughs> <laughs> did you have like did you do like voice lessons or like dance training or anything growing up um well my agent just texted me this week and he's like all right so how much of a dancer are you and I'm like I've been with you for three years you should know the answer to this question <laughs> and he's like on a scale of one to ten I was like style nine technique six <laughs> oh, I take that. I take that. <laughs> and that's like honestly i mean it probably is more like a five or four but i want to you know just yeah absolutely go for it um but yeah so i i didn't really start my training until until i uh got to new york so sure. after working at disney for five years and again being like an ad exec before that, everything, I've always felt like a late bloomer, but what got me to New York initially was the six-week summer intensive program at the Neighborhood Playhouse, where I mm. studied Meisner, the Meisner technique. Oh, sure, and yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up, uh, after being there for six weeks, the best thing about being in New York City is that you can create your own conservatory. So like, I studied at the Playhouse, and then I studied privately with a group of friends under one of the, the teachers there, because um, I, I didn't want to spend, you know, another so yeah. much money for a two-year program, but I studied privately for two years, all while occasionally taking dance classes at Broadway Dance Center and mm -hmm. finding a voice teacher that I that I really loved and who I've st I'm still with after all this time. That's so awesome. yeah, New York's got that great opportunity. All the, the best of the best teachers are here. Do you um, know where else you can get great opportunities? Where? Tuesdays in, in the, the corner, corner with, with Kevin. Kevin's corner. Gigi, welcome to Kevin's corner where I can do whatever I want because this is my part of the show. <laughs> and so um, I have been thinking a lot because 
the past like four days it took me to watch um the snyder cut of justice league that was just released on hbo max which basically means that they released a movie into the theaters and then years later they allowed this director to actually finish the movie he tried to make and so he's created this four hour version of this movie that was in the theaters and it's very very different than what people saw before and i think that's fascinating so we are going to play um the broad-waisted cut and the way this is going to work with you is i'm going to name a musical for you and you are going to have to come up with a complete like an additional plot line that might have been cut but is now being put back into the broad-waisted cut of this musical and i'm going to let brian <laughs> can really help you to God. build these worlds and we're going to see where these go does this make sense to everybody? Sure. Yeah. Great. Sure. All right. So the first musical we're going to start with is Sound of Music. So we're going to start with Sound of Music. And I want you to think of, so what it would help is probably think of one character who had a whole other plot line that got cut for time. And tell me what that one character's like additional plot would be in the story of Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, so do I say it now? Do yeah, I go say for it. it? I'm ready, yeah. Do I just say, like, what I think it is? Yeah, go for it. This do is I your ta- game, describe girl. it? <laughs> yep. Um, this is Elsa's revenge. So it's, like, kind of, like, wicked, but it's Elsa because she was dumped by, by again, I don't remember the character's name, Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If we all watched that movie, yeah. it was definitely Christopher Plummer, not... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Captain Von Trapp. No. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay, so Elsa's Revenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how does this play out? Brian and Kimberly help her out. How does this play out? In the actual framework, where would you put it in the movie? How would this play out? Okay, so after... Oh, Georg, that was his name. After she's like, oh, Georg, she's a lovely woman. I don't know what accent I'm giving you, but she's a lovely woman. And, and, and like, kisses him on the cheek. She, like, turns around and, like, somehow it becomes, like, a um, Snow White situation where she's, like, the witch. And, like, she poisons Maria Von Trapp. Yes! <laughs> There's an entire poison section! 100%. <laughs> This is one of the seasons they skipped over, you know, like, like, like the in-between stuff. Totally. Totally. And like yeah. Maria gets laid out in that like gazebo where Liesl and Friedrich <gasps> dance and. Mm-hmm. Yes. And all the kids are like, instead of like the, the little people, the seven dwarves, it's the children. They're like putting flowers on, oh, on her casket, <laughs> but she's not dead. It's just, right. it's going to take for Georg. Poison. So, it, so it's take for Georg. To, it's Georg, like George, but it's like Georg. But I love that you're calling him Georg. So, like, I that's how it. I remember it. How do you say it, Georg? Georg. It's, it's, yeah. But she probably said it with an English accent. Well, she did. Georg. It's, 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 the, it's the German Georg for George, but with a British accent, which is Georg. Georg. So I love that you heard. Any Georg. director that's watching this, I'm never working again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm never working again. I've got like, I'm, I'm going to say every musical reference wrong. <laughs> No, that, was, that was amazing. Okay, so the next one is Rent. We'll go with Rent. What would be the the Broadwaisted cut of Rent? What, what's oh, it? I... <laughs> what? Ryan's got an idea. 
oh, it's Benny's side of the story. <laughs> like, like who he's talking to over the phone, like on his side, like he hangs up, he gives him the great deal. He hangs up and all of a sudden we have all of Benny's scenes being like, I don't understand. This is the best deal I could give him. Like, how come they're not taking it? Like, I understand that. Like I totally screwed them a couple of years ago, but like now I'm trying to make amends for this. And like, we, we totally get Benny's side of, of the story. And, and this just like pop in. There's an entire story about like, like him having to deal with his wife, Muffy Allison, being so upset about the dog dying. Like totally. Oh, like dealing with that and then discovering who, what happened and hiding it for them. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. So when like, instead of like an Annie, I'm getting this tableau of Benny and the dog, like, like with Annie and the dog. So Tay Diggs, again, don't know. Yeah, it's Benny. But <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. in the role is like singing like some kind of like the sun will come out tomorrow. But mm-hmm. instead, it's just about like uh, about wanting to get his being seen and being recognized for his contributions as a real estate consultant. <laughs> totally. He's like, absolutely. And like he has a moment where he looks in the mirror and he's super upset because he's like, I married rich to help my friends and they won't even let me help them. Like if it really Would was his- you light my candle? Oh, it was his- oh, won't great you reprise. My- <laughs> it was his great reprise. Oh my God, that would be incredible. Yeah. But it's really him it. lighting the like designer candle in his apartment that means nothing to him because he's dead and yeah. Totally, because he sold his life for his friends who turned their back on him. Oh, I'm obsessed. Okay. Oh God, so I love it. We'll do we'll do one more. Uh, this next one is going to be. Um. I mean, should we just go with Miss Saigon again? Like, since it's the three musicals we've talked about. <laughs> True. Yeah. I, mean, I was gonna say Miss Saigon, but I was like, where do you go with that? That's such an epic show. What do you add? But <laughs> please do. I mean, you know how in Shakespeare, you've always got like the comic relief. Well, no, the Shakespeare was the engineer. So in this, like he would come in, but it was also so sad and tragic. Yeah, it is hard. People saying the American dream is a comedy song makes me want to cry because I'm like, that's not a comedy song at all. That is (laughs) so absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times that, that song will be in a book of like character actor, like upbeat or comedy songs. I'm like, no, this is... This is a satire song that is super depressing. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, I was still thinking of it, like, because I'm always looking for the bit. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but yeah. There's cars! There's a car on stage! (laughs) I'm humping it! Isn't that hilarious? (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not Miss Saigon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's just... Miss Saigon's so sad, you could just add more sad, but, like, that poor girl. So, like, let's say... um, Let's say, you know what, because it's, it was uh, recently um, Angela Ed Weber and Stephen Sondheim's birthdays. Let's pick one of their shows and say um, Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> if you had to add an entire another chunk to Phantom of the Opera. So like, would it be like, not necessarily a spinoff, but like something within the show? Is that Correct. the game? Because now I'm just yeah. trying to think, come up with like hijinks, but it's like, what within the show <laughs> yeah. can we do? Mm. What within the show could you expand for another like 45 minutes? <laughs> oh God, and the show is already so long. Correct. <laughs> I know. Because that's what Zack Snyder did. I, I the, the Snyder cut is great, but still, that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Brian's like, oh, I'll talk Brian's to you about like it. dying. He's like, I have so much to say. Brian, we didn't finish it yet. 
We didn't finish the Snyder Cut yet. We've been watching it um, a little bit during each of our lunches during the week. So, so because the longer we watch it, the more boring it gets. Like it's nice in chunks. It's just, I yes. know. I don't. We're not supposed to say anything like negative, but I got so bored watching it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's about it's, a big blockbuster movie. It's better <laughs> than the theatrical production, but like it's still not fundamentally. It's not good. It's not like they rewrote it. They just like. They like put some more jazz hands in it. Sadly, it's like I turned it on. And I was like, I thought we were gonna watch Endgame, but it's like it's still not Endgame yet. Yeah, it's like, still a DC movie. It's still a right. DC movie. You want Captain America to come out? And that's I not know, a universe. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, so, I mean, so yeah, what are we what are we adding to Fan of the Opera? I feel like should we have more like splashy dance numbers? Could we just <laughs> add like there was like just the add ballet? Meg Jerry like yeah. dance numbers. Every five minutes. She's she's trying to be the new choreographer for the opera and they won't take her seriously. So she keeps ex- escaping from Paris to like some like city and like further out in France where she's- She, she just she's goes to the Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Megan Montmartre. That's 100%. 100%. Oh Megan Mumhart. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just Meg Giri at the Moulin Rouge. She's like, oh. and that will, <laughs> and that will, that, that was Andrew Lloyd Webber. That was Andrew yeah. Lloyd Webber saying a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to write Love Never Dies, like you can do whatever you want, I guess. Yeah, he wrote his own fan fiction. The rules are off. <laughs> that's true. He's actually uh, calling to say thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's what it is. <laughs> well, he's just so excited. Somebody's talking about Family Opera right now. And that has been Kevin's Corner. <laughs> I'm going to refresh my beverage. Oh, yeah, nice. of course. Yeah, what um so well can we go what have you been up to during this time? <laughs> I I wonder if I can speak for a lot of people, a lot of actors and artists in this time like we're running around inside of our own apartments. Like sure. creating trying to do as much as we can. Like, again, I have a self-tape after this, so I've got my lighting, all of my things on my bed, all of it that's going to be happening. So I've I've pivoted a little bit more to uh, television and and film and auditioning for that. Um, I haven't booked anything, but I've been taking (laughs) a lot of classes on on on-camera technique. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, um, doing that, I've really liked working with a lot of composers that are working on music during their time. Like, that's been – I'm really excited for my friends that are continuing to create. So when they have music they want to work on, I'm really lucky that I've been able to to work with some of them on that. I've done a lot of readings too. I did a, a, a reading at the public theater on a show that they're developing. Um, and there's this producer that I worked with last December that um, did a with the uh, the Broadway network. Um, um, what is that? Broadway Channel. Broadway Channel. Um, Broadway HD. Yes, Broadway HD. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a production of uh, Disenchanted, which was seen off Broadway, and I, I sang the Mulan music along with the other Disney princesses. That oh, were awesome! And, yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, why don't we, do you want to play a game? Let's play another let's game. Yeah. Let's play a game. That was fun. Sure. Um, two flaws in my game. One, forgot to name it. Two, um, as Brian reminded us before we started recording this episode, dear listener, you're listening to us in May. Um, we're currently in Women's History Month, and so that's what this is themed after. Yes. <laughs> um, and because I love Here Lies Love so much, so we're going to play one of my favorite games of Say When. I have two lists in front of me. One okay. list is <clears throat> the most powerful queens in history to celebrate Women's History Month. Am I okay. on the list? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> understood. Understood. <laughs> And the other list is just whoever comes up first on Google for female songwriters, singer-songwriters. So Great. you're going to say when, and you'll get one from each list, and then decide how that singer-songwriter might write a musical about the queen that you get from your list. Okay. Great. Kevin, do you want to go first as an example? I, I would love to go first. Absolutely. Say when. When? Refinery29. <laughs> Oh, a classic, Queen Elizabeth II. Mm. Okay, great. Great history of who she is. <laughs> um, which, that's not the one that's still live now. That's the one that was like the one that Kate Blanchett played. No, this is the current queen. Ooh, oh, great. Okay. Queen Elizabeth II. Okay, thank you. Oh, she was the first. Thank you. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> and say when. When. Aretha Franklin. Yes. Okay. I think this would actually be really fascinating because uh, uh, the Queen Elizabeth II, who is the queen now, has been criticized throughout like the past like 20, 30, 40 years for being too cold and unfeeling when these like big emotional things happen. Like that was one of the big critiques when Diana passed away was that like she didn't show enough emotion and like all these things like that. So I think it would be really beautiful show to have it be a, a two woman show where there's the woman who's playing the outer Queen Elizabeth II, who's just like sitting in front of people and like sometimes stands up and gives these like really eloquent monologues. But then all of the music, it, no, a one woman show, because then all of the music is like these explosive Aretha Franklin songs. So that's where all the emotion that she keeps bottled up because of duty and responsibility come out. And so we actually see how she really feels through these like, incredible Aretha Franklin, like blow your face off explosive belting numbers. So you, like you also duality. said, you said duty comes out and that made me- <laughs> 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 But I think the duality between this like really like pristine, like eloquently written one woman play with these bursts of Aretha Franklin music of emotion would show how hard that must be as a woman and as a person and a leader to hold in your emotion for your country when like you, sh- you don't, you, you should, but you shouldn't for yourself. 
That is such a brilliant idea. Did you just come up with that? I did. <laughs> I mean, that's deep because you think about like what is the subtext that's happening with the queen, especially like right now for her, yeah. her and, and the institution being called out for being so, you know, corrupt and dishonest. And and like if she's got an, the, the ability to be able to sing her subtext. And it's like, don't you think that that woman, don't you think she honestly, there's a tiny part of her that would love to go on the news and just ream Meghan Markle and Harry to bits and be like, this is disgusting. You're all terrible. Like, this is how I feel. But she can't. And it's like, it's so locked inside that I don't think she even knows how to access it anymore. Ooh. And I think that's also, a beautiful thing. Queen she was 18 years old. Yeah. yeah. What's Not also fast? Maybe, I don't know. What, what's also <laughs> fascinating is that like, by using Aretha Franklin's music and how like deeply racist that institution is, is a fascinating juxtaposition. Oh my God. That was, that's another layer that's even more brilliant. That so was just good. so, and my whole, the whole time I was just like, this is a, this is another one woman Tony Award for Audrey McDonald. Oh yeah, because she the queen has to be African American. Because totally. of course it would it would oh, be incredible. Yeah, done, done, done. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love it. No, oh, I don't want to go. <laughs> actually, no, let's give the role to Montego Glover because she's incredible. <gasps> Montego, she, I got you a gig, girl. She's FSU, and I love her, and she should get it. So did get you it. go to FSU? I did. Oh my gosh, I've done. I was working at. Uh, I worked at Seaside Music Theater. Oh, I love them. And I did uh, Aida with Greg Mills, who was actually also calling back to Phantom of the Opera. Yep, was in that. Yep. We did Aida together. I was her, his Mary Magdalene to his Jesus and Jesus yeah. star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, and, I was, and I was I I was an Aida with him playing Amneris when um, he was Rodimaze. <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. incredible! Yeah, I was I was classical voice at FSU, and right. so I did uh, my senior year. I did Sweeney Todd with all those kids, but like yeah, like Seaside, that was a huge deal for everybody. Yeah, Seaside, oh, so I love I love FSU. I think if I did go to school for theater, I would have wanted my dream school would have been FSU. Great theater school, great party school. I had a good time. Yeah, I mean all of that. <laughs> I mean, I also went to a Big Ten school. I went to U of I, so FSU would have been like the oh, perfect sure. like balance. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was super fun. All right, Brian, is it your turn? Sure. I don't know. I'm yeah. not the game master. Queen first. Say when. When. Mary, Queen of Scots. Do okay. you know much about her? I do. She was oh, super okay. Catholic. And she got beheaded. She did. Yes. By her By sister. Elizabeth I. Elizabeth I. Mm-hmm. Okay. Singer-songwriter, say when. When? Bjork. Okay. So... <laughs> I love that he said Bjork and Brian knew exactly what he wanted to do. <laughs> Uh, Mary Queen of Scots is telling her story, but um, the narrator is just her head. Okay, so oh. her her like like man in chair, her bloody head. I'm sorry, this is weird, and Bjork doesn't do weird. So yeah. <laughs> she yeah, she's in a she's in a swan outfit. No, she's um. She's her like very similar to Man and Chair in um, Drowsy Chaperone. She's on the side of the stage, like her bloody head is there, kind of telling the story. <laughs> but the story is being told. Um, but the story, everybody is headless 
except for her character. So you're you're watching her head tell the story and she has a full she has a full body maybe I, I'm, I'm thinking through this out loud and no, everybody like else doesn't have a head so like they have like you know like breathable black bags over their head or whatever the case may be or maybe you even do a green screen and then like you know so it's just like something like that so it's covid yeah. friendly is what you're saying yeah they're all wearing masks and bags over they there. all have like air things inside so it's like they've got their own breathing apparatus so totally um Something like that, and it's it's not told ver, ver it's it's from her point of view, and like and then I think there's also an element of did any of you see atonement? Mm-hmm. I did. So you know how in atonement, like it's told like the Saoirse Ronan character is from some of it's from her point of view, some of it's from her other point of view, and basically like it kind of like splits time to see how like one person saw it versus another person saw it. Yeah. I feel like this musical also has those like checkpoint moments where like you know like something happens and then this person tells it from this point of view and this person tells it from this point of view um and then maybe there's something where like when they sing they reveal their faces and then they go back in or something like that like it's all a part of this like you know um uh like the reveal of their inner emotions by showing their faces and they pull their bags over their heads all while the the head is kind of talking. And I also think there's some kind of hydraulics. So the concept is that the- um, Hydraulics on the stage or on the heads? <laughs> on, the, on the heads. Okay. So like if the, if the head is on the side, exactly. So huh. I imagine the stage magic is that like, like there's some kind of like pedestal, but the body is inside the pedestal. And then like the head is on top of it, but that's all on like a apple picker or a cherry picker or whatever it is. And so like the head goes like up and down the side of the stage, like the podium or whatnot, something to that effect that like, and maybe, maybe kind of like, maybe the side of the stage of proscenium is a, um, is a, uh, is, is, um, like a calendar so wherever the head is is the date <laughs> you know what i mean like a thermometer of dates or something like that thermometer of dates now is it also sir sharonin because she played her in a movie yeah it's her it's her musical debut oh she did play <laughs> mary queen of scots you're right yeah um she was she was mary queen of scots and she was uh in atonement and she's now gonna for, she was in, in the crucible, crucible right yeah Kimberly? yes Yes, yeah, I so thought. now she's doing Mary Queen of Scots. Is this called Heads Up? I mean, it has to be, right? <laughs> no, it's called, it's called, um, it's called, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, It's called Mary Queen of Tots, and everyone gets tater tots in the audience because they look like Ooh, immersive. Ooh, and that's the only reason for the title. It doesn't match anything else, but it's just- Matter at all, yeah. Nope, she she wasn't Irish. Fine, because Hormel is producing it, and they're really happy about this product placement. Yeah, it's great. It really works out. We can just call it Hormel. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be great if, not great, but if Broadway shows start doing like what, like, like the if they're like Hormel presents the the chickeniest best thing on what on, on what planet are we not that far away from that? That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, I mean, okay, so that's uh, that's uh, heads up. The devil wears Prada with the Pepsi intermission. Uh, yeah, totally. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I actually thought that was a thing. It sounds I like mean, it's a thing. Kevin, <laughs> uh, you 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 pick something that already has a brand in the title. Literally. And drinks Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jay, you, like you guys are making me think. This game is really thought provoking. A thinker. Because there's no winners. So the winner is a brain exercise. <laughs> Your brain Would you like a turn? I'm going to scroll from the bottom for you. Oh, Lord. Yeah, okay, I already know. Forward. I feel like I'm going to need your help with this. So this is Absolutely. not, you know. Okay, but yeah, let's say yes. Let's okay, say it. when. Yes! When? Oh, up one more. Okay. Wait, you, okay. <laughs> it was both of the ones that Brian and Kevin just got. <laughs> but above them is Nefertiti. Nefertiti, okay. The great Egyptian queen and the great royal wife of Pharaoh Akhenaten. Nefertiti was known for many things during her time. She was most well known for starting a religious revolution, switching to worshiping only one god, the sun, the sun disk Aten. She ruled oh. from the 18th century. What? Did I say it wrong? It's Aten and it's Akhenaten. It just it's says the- A-T-E-N. Right, Aten, but her husband was Akhenaten. Oh, okay. How do you know this? I have a degree in classical civilizations. In addition to being a, a voice major. Correct. Yeah. Was this simultaneously you were doing this? That was the degree I told my parents was my smart, like, like fallback degree was classical civilizations. What do you fall back on with classical civilizations? That's, this is what they said. I was like, I could get a, a doctorate. There are you going to? And I go, no. <laughs> I'm very impressed. The Asian mom in me is very impressed with your two degrees. So, good job. Good job. Amazing. Okay. Um, Huge big deal. So Nefertiti and then say when for a singer-songwriter. Okay. When? <clears throat> I don't know who that is. So we'll go to the next one. And that's Pink. Ooh, rock, fierce singer. Yeah. And you played Amneris, so like you got this. Ew. Yes. So the idea is to create a story based on Pink's music about Nefertiti. Yes. Yes. Okay. Or she can write an original score. It's up to you. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's it's there, right? Because um, was Nefertiti, uh, Kevin, did she die of natural causes or was she murdered? Um, as far as I know, she died of natural causes, mm-hmm. but uh, she was like, she was just very important because she was a strong woman. And like, she's one of the earliest depictions we have in Egyptian realms of like a woman having that much power and everyone being like, yeah, okay. We agree with this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And was it, was she sourced with that power or did she have to fight to get that power? I mean, she, she worked very hard to get it. And like the women in Egyptian, like culture are very cunning mm-hmm. and were very smart about how they got stuff. They used partially controlling men by promising them things and then not delivering. And then also marrying their brother, which was like part of like their culture was like the, they kept it in the Royal line by marrying each other. So it was very incestuous, but like her brother should have ruled more than she did, but like she took like a lot of rain and became like a very powerful woman. And she's one of the only ones in Egyptian culture where they didn't like, like, she didn't get vilified at the time. Like, they were like, yeah, you're right. You're a strong woman. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, I already feel like there's a story between her and her brother in this musical. Totes. 
you know, where they're, um, and she's, she's always known. I mean, I don't want to say Aida, but like the energy and the archetype of that kind of strength can be in this piece. And, and because it's pink, that rock score will be incredible. And Mm -hmm. because pink also does her aerial work, I feel like. Oh, I was thinking that too. (laughs) Right. Somehow incorporating that aerial work into the show. Um, yeah, like just just about her rise to power and uh and like what she's had to overcome. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, oh, I love this. The article also says historians posit she may have continued to rule um after her husband died. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you could also go into like it was a huge deal that like the Egyptians always worshipped a crap ton of gods, like a god for everything. And oh, yeah, they, her and her husband were huge about, like, they literally changed the entire nation. And were like, no, we're, we're worshiping one God now. We're a monotheistic culture. And, like, everybody, like, that was a huge deal that they literally just, like, changed the minds of the entire Egyptian empire that we only worship one God now. Well, I see this being like a like a Jesus Christ superstar, but totally dedicated to Nefertiti, like this huge soaring rock score mm. throughout. Yeah. Does Love she that. argue with some of the gods she decides not to worship anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that would be a really cool show if it was like her, like her rise to power, but at the same time, like it keeps cutting to these like you know how like with like carousel there's billy bigelow like his like you see his story but you also see him cutting to talk to the star god like the star yes. or whatever yes 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 keep cutting to like this like a group of deities and as each as she convinces the people to forget about each one that person leaves and becomes either a statue on stage or like, so they're no longer- Or a severed person. head narrator, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> With a calendar aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. But I think that would be really cool if it was like each God, like as the story goes on, she gets rid of one and more God and that God becomes a part of like the set in some way so that by the end, they've created a temple to Nefertiti. <gasps> That temple set will be fantastic. So good. Also, you know what the worst job is? Being the first god that has to freeze for the next two hours. (laughs) No, because the thing is, is you freeze into the position, and then, like, it's something... I don't know. They do something with, like, screens and... Age magic. There's a statue there. Yeah, Yeah, and if it's the actor and he or she is smart, like, the position of the freezing will just be like this. So all they have to do is, like, stand like that. Rather than, like, some, like, attitude, you know... Yeah, the position position. will be, like, like just lying down on the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Have a throne, right? I sit. (laughs) Exactly. That's incredible. Or it'll be, like, it'll be something really beautiful, like, where, like, the person has, like, a dance solo... And like their final pose of the dance solo, like they do it, the lights change, and then there's like a statue in their place. Sure. Like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So a long time ago, I did a production of the Muni in St. Louis, and we did a production of Miss Saigon. And mm-hmm. everybody, it was a, an offer only situation where the casting director just hired me and all the other female ensemble because she liked us. She worked with us. She again, I look like a dancer, but I'm a mover. So in the uh, Heat Is On in Saigon number, there were four couples 
And again, the Muni is such a huge theater. Yeah. We had to create these tableaus of different moves. And like each, I was the fourth dancer at the very end with my with my cluster of people. And each woman had to do like a, a, a lift. And, and Darren Lee was our director. He's like, I want to see a lift. And I want you to all come up with some move. And again, not dancer. So I'm like panicking, knowing that I'm the fourth person to like present. And he's like, come up with something and I'll come up and I'll take a look at it. And I wanted to do something. So I saw all of the gorgeous lifts being done. They get to me. And so I saw the bar at, in The Heat Is On Saigon. It takes place in the bar. So mm -hmm. what I decided to do was fall off the stage <laughs> they uh, don't ask I ain't gonna tell and I fall off the stage off the bar to like the guys I'm like you guys I'm gonna fall and I want you to catch me and then push me back up and they're just like oh, okay so all the girls are doing these lifts and then I did it and I do the move and I fall over come up and Darren Lee looks at it and he was just like yeah that works for me I was like Whew! <laughs> <laughs> again you don't fall you choreographed for yourself a fall? A fall, yeah, I totally choreographed <laughs> a fall. instead of a lift. Yeah, instead of a lift, a fall, because that's what I can do. And that's what you do when champions adjust. <laughs> I desperately want you to take over the American Ballet and be their Swan Lake, because you're like, this is beautiful, but like, I think there needs to be more falls. <laughs> just all the let's just all like in yoga i'm like i just want to they're like pick a pose that you just want to be in for that i'm like shavasana shavasana yeah, <laughs> yeah a thousand percent laying down the whole time uh, yeah uh, 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 uh. all right kimberly take a shavasana oh okay my turn um okay say when for me anyone when <clears throat> empress suiko suiko from 593 to 621, Empress Suiko was the 33rd monarch of Japan before she died in 628. While she only trained to be a princess as, young, as a young child, she exceeded her own dreams and expectations. She is, not well, oh, she is now well known for being the first Japanese woman ruler. Eight women would later go on to be rulers. Cool. Also, look at, you can't really see the picture of her, but it's very cool. Okay. okay. Who's singing this? Yeah. Who's writing the music? Go. Oh, when? The end. Cindy Lauper. <laughs> All right, she's got <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, Cindy Lauper. Okay, the musical is just called. Hmm, like, is it called "Girls Just Want to Have Fun"? And it's like, like how um, "Head Over Heels." was a, like an epic Shakespeare, not Shakespearean, but a classic tale mm -hmm. to like 80s music. Yeah. Shakespearean-esque tale to 80s music. So we have this like... I'm what digging is that this. age called? 593. That, I, no I don't know. BC or is it AD? I think it's AD. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Are you, doing it, like, like, are you doing it like how like like the the section of like like are you doing it like more like kabuki style or are you doing it like mm. you're doing it like as in no. like Shakespearean like almost like Harijuku girls ooh meet, like oh what is that thing where they I think it's also Harijuku but like um that section of Japan where they wear like very very vintage very frilly very, very, very girly attire. 
And so the beginning of the show is that with all of these like 80s girls just want to have fun because she's training to be a princess, like not a lot of ambition beyond all of that. And then you get some like um, some original work from Cindy Lauper um, when her ambition comes in and she decides that she's going to step up and be the ruler and be a true empress. And then like the frills come off and she gets a little more serious Um I love that idea. It's really super contemporary. Too. She might be spoiled in the beginning or like not wanting yes. to be, uh, to rise into the shoes of a true leader yet. And she's not quite ready for it. And so Absolutely. I love the storytelling, like narrative idea of having like her in this very frilly, very like overly done outfit of the eight. And like each moment With lots that of happens, pearls and like lots so, of pink lipstick, really, really rosy cheeks. And if she pulls something off or gets something off every time, so it's like, yep. it could be like in, in, as subtle as like taking off a bow or as intense as like- Being a petticoat, losing yep. some lace. Or, or even like wiping off the makeup in like a really emotional, like gripping scene where like somebody hits her or something awful happens and then she like wipes off part of like the sheen of the makeup. Like that could be really cool. Absolutely. And it's more- like a concert aesthetic. Maybe Here Lies Love is just in my head because I'm just like, but it's mostly like it's a concert. She's telling you her own story. I love it. I need a job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is something so, I can do. She, <laughs> in your version, is she actually becoming like the Empress of Japan or is she like, is it like her dad's like, uh, you know, like uh, shop or something like mm. that? You know what I mean? Maybe she's like rising from like a young pop star to like the CEO of the label. Like some oh, like interesting. Very much like a concert kind of move. Okay. Or well, like she wants to be a pop star princess and then she has to go into politics. Rough. Life is yeah. rough. Yeah. Rough life. Cool. Uh, <laughs> and it's just called The Empress. I love it. That was just a round of Say When with no real title. (laughs) Say When when Women's History Month. Right. In May. Yeah, (laughs) S-W-W-H-M. Not catchy at all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, I know that one thing that we did want to talk about before we end this episode is reflect a little bit on the Stop Asian Hate movement. Um. And kind of, you know, what it's made us kind of reflect on and think about. And, and, and a lot of this country has been, I mean, this is a deeply racist country. And, um, you know, and we've gone through this past year, you know, it, it, I, I hate to say this, but like we've gone through, you know, each one of the minorities in this country just it, it being just totally everyone's needed to step up at certain times. And while these movements don't end um, and they've begun a long time ago, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, these, they become more prominent in the news. So um, I just wanted to make sure that we touched upon that a little bit. I know you wanted to say something, JG. Yeah. Um, it's been a rough couple weeks and uh, I'm, I'm thankful that you brought this moment out for us to talk about it. Um, I think the, for the longest time, I hadn't really talked about um, the racism that I've experienced and Asian Americans have experienced. And what is really great about this time is that we can 
I feel like it's a welcome conversation that we can talk mm-hmm. about it. I This is the first time anyone's ever asked me uh, to talk about it. And I think because of the pandemic, it's brought to light so much of the racism that our country has experienced for such a long time. And I didn't think it would um, come to us talking about Stop Asian Hate because I, I'm so used to not being part of that discussion. One, because I followed the model minority myth for a very, very long time. And uh, two, I felt the, the struggles at the African-American community is so much more immediate in terms of the violence that needed to be addressed. And so um, I was part of the support for the Asians for Black Lives Matter movement, and I still am. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to not have to talk about one community suffering more than the other, but acknowledging that there was so much that's wrong with our country. And right now is the time that we can talk about it because of the pandemic. Like I was so... um, it was so good to hear about in San Francisco that LGBTQ community uh, created a, a parade, uh, not a parade, a march uh, to support the Asian American community. And it just made me feel like there's just so many groups that are going through uh, turmoil and struggle right now that we can we can be here for each other. And I feel that just even in this hour long conversation with all of you. So for your listeners that are trying to figure out what they can do, um, you know, in addition to reaching out to your Asian American friends, but do the work to uh, see where racism has been in your life, in your family's life, and what you can do on your own to uh, take action, whether it's either to donate to StopAsianHate.org or to... Um, be part of a rally and figure out like how how you want to take. I think action is the most important thing, and and to do the work on your own and to be part of your communities to talk about it. Because I feel thankful that we can do it here. Um, one of the organizations that comes to mind uh, for in terms of artistry is uh, Byerkley's National Asian Artists Project. She has like um, artistic, a dancing and singing program with her kids in Chinese uh, students in Chinatown. And uh, a lot of her work involves the Chinese students in, I forget which um, public school it is, but to be part of the shows that we've done, like we did Cinderella just before the pandemic struck last February. And uh, the kids were a part of the show. So if you're thinking about where to donate um, in terms of like supporting artists, I'd say Bayork's National Asian Artist Project is one good way to start. Amazing. Okay. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. It's not easy to talk about just because I'm I'm so used to, I feel like in our community, personally, I'm just so used to just blending in and not wanting to talk about it because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's, it's cultural, it's systemic racism and it's, it's all of those things. But I guess, you know, now's not the time to, to be silent. So whatever, um, the opportunity comes along to talk about it, I'm going to start talking. Sure. Well, thanks for doing it here. We appreciate it. We really appreciate your bravery. And all the things that she just talked about will be linked in the episode description. So you can find those places as well. Um, You'll also find them on Broadway Sid's uh, social media. So you'll be able to find those resources as well. So thank you for that.
Great. Um, well, that does bring us to the end of our episode. I don't know if Kevin, did you want to say something? I just had one last question. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do a fun thing. On no, I already said that this is the end of the episode. <laughs> no, we, do a, we do a fun thing on Broadway you said called Stage Door Stories. Yeah. Um, ask about like the experience of like walking out like to experience the stage door of shows. And just because you have such an interesting like mix of new musicals it, under your belt that you've experienced, is, like, do you have any cool, either like funny or heartfelt or just interesting like stage door experiences that you had with people like after they saw you in a show? Uh, yeah, I feel like such a name dropper, but these things actually <laughs> happened. Like when I was walking out from doing Here Lies Love uh, of the public theater, Tanya Pinkins stopped me and was just like, I have a question. And she's got this like, she's oh, there she wall. is. Yes. <laughs> hey, Caroline. <laughs> but uh, And she's got this beautiful intensity and curiosity about her. Um, and I felt immediately because she's like, I have a question. <laughs> I was like, I oh. hope I have an answer for you, legend. <laughs> um, but she's like, why did you end the show so positively? Why did you, because the show is about the corruption of the Filipino government and how they stole so much about from the Filipino people. Why is there like smiling and laughter and dancing? And, and I was like, okay, this is your time to answer Tanya Pinkin's question. <laughs> and I said, well, Tanya. <laughs> um, Here's the director's cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Timbers, <laughs> 917, just kidding. Um, I said, well, I know how it is from an, an actor's perspective. I was thankful for it because the show ends with a reprise of the song, Here Lies Love. And it's positive, it's uplifting, and we want to show that even during a time of complete corruption and change, like what's even happening in the world today, it's about finding the joy in it. And here's the thing about Filipinos. You know, we are a culture of people who love to laugh, who love to party, who love to eat, <laughs> which has nothing to do with the show, but I just thought I'd add that. Mm -hmm. But uh, the truth is, it's like many times our culture laughs to keep from crying. So sure. it's our way oh. of just having enjoyment and, and celebrating. And I, I couldn't agree more that there is hope in our show at the end of it. And so... I, I didn't hear uh, an acknowledgement, but she gave me this knowing, hmm. <laughs> 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 hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'll take oh, it. That's incredible. Sure. Amazing. Love it. <laughs> oh, I want to know what her, like, I want just, I know she has a podcast on Broadway Podcast Network as well, but I kind of just want her next show to just be like, her going up to like the lead of any show she's just seen and asking them why something about the show she just saw. <laughs> why did this end happily? Or just like, why why'd you do that? <laughs> I just watch people stand and deliver for the show they were just in. Broadway Podcast Network, we're pitching this show now. It's called The Time You Lies. And talking about the lead of a show, why something happened that was epic in their show. I love that. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us, JG. We had yes. a wonderful time. We hope you did too. Did you have fun? I feel like a faker. Yes. 
no, 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 no. This was delightful. Thank you. I had a great time too. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, you can uh, follow her on social media. It's your full name, right? JG uh, Macapugai. Hey, at JG Macapugai on Instagram and Twitter. Although I'm never really on Twitter. I never know what to say on Twitter. But right. Insta. Not a fun place. Cool. Well, <laughs> you, yeah. you can find us at Broadway Set on all social media. You can join our Facebook group um, run by Kevin. You can join our Patreon as well. Um, some really fun things there. In addition to all of that, you can find us on things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. Thank you. Um, but so long, farewell, Avida Zane, adieu, adieu, adieu to you and you and you. I picked that before we even talked about the sound of music for an hour. You lie. So. You lie. That's that was wild. No, I swear. Um, but uh, thank you again so much. We really appreciate you hanging out with us and come back whenever you want. Please Thanks. do. Thank you. I'll have a great goose cocktail next time. Promise. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> As we end every episode, we raise a glass and we say... Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.